think we had some feedback on the mic there. They're not as sweet as a raisin, but not as sour as my grandmother. That was the cranberries, owed to my family. And if I were to write an ode to my family, it'd be written on toilet paper, in brown ink, and flushed away forever. The answers to last week's quiz are melanoma, olive pits, and Susan Sarandon's eyebrows. This week we're talking spiders. So whether you've got cobwebs in your armpit, you're a black widow, or you've got thousands of tiny eggs about to hatch inside your ear, we want to hear from you. You're listening to QCR Queer Community Radio, so buckle down, saddle up, or tuck in for the ride of your motherfucking life. What have you done with Janet? Uh, Nothing. Why, do you think I should? You don't work as a temporary secretary. I know for a fact that you actually, you're an undercover journalist and you've robbed somebody of coming on a proper blind date. You work for Cosmopolitan magazine. She's a journalist, ladies and gentlemen, not a blind date at all. Young and beautiful, it's your duty to be beautiful. Keep young and beautiful if you want to be loved. Hello, my name's Dawn. The person, not the time. And I've been given an iPhone 5 and a purpose. No, not a small dolphin, but a calling to offer an old person's perspective for the wireless audience and to end crime within my cul-de-sac once and for all. I am the unsleeping sentinel, the lidless eye of justice and the thin yet durable net curtain sitting between order and total chaos. And so it is time to gently finger the fabric aside and peer into the crack of dawn. 6.45am, October 29th. I expect some of my enemies thought I may have expired after wandering gay and maskless around the aisles of my local spa. But fear not, friends. I survived the 1918 flu, and so too I survived this mediocre episode with my grandmother's trusted regimen of Andrew's liver salts, milk-poached boneless cod, and a nightly game of rummy cub. Only yesterday I apprehended an anemic-looking Roma child attempting to secrete a bounty bar into his underpants. But to no avail, I gave the security guard a knowing wink and the godless whelp was remanded in custody. Huzzah! Blood must pump still through these varicose veins. Let us chalk this up as a win. 6.55am, October 31st. I remember my mother weeping as the SS Lawrence returned into port. We'll never know now whether the tears came from some memories of the war or from my father trying to squeeze an onion between his bicep and forearm after one too many Brandy Alexanders. Nonetheless, much like her, I found myself with a single salty tear running down my visage. You see... I'm here to give you a neighbourhood report, and it is in a very sorry state of affairs after All Hallows' Eve last night. I've come to know the cheap 
clink of the Bacardi breezer, and my spyglass chanced upon a legless trio made of what I now understand to be Iron Man, Shrek, and something called Papa Smurf, making the beast with three backs against my alley gate for a good fifteen minutes. When the authorities finally arrived, and the loathsome sodomites were taken from whence they came. I cannot abide profanity on my little terrace corner, nor anywhere in the public realm, and made sure to bleach the affected area with gusto come morning. I remember when our neighbourhood watch was a group of men with cricket bats who would string up local vagrants, pederasts and any vaguely swarthy looking gentleman if they so much as glanced at a playground swing. But nowadays it's an altogether more humble affair involving me, a pair of binoculars and the biscuit tin. I find myself nervously fingering the bourbons in wait for the next Hieronymus Bosch-esque seed of depravity. Oh! The next station stop is Dwindling Hardon. The next station stop is Blame. The next station stop is Drelbo. Because of his flamboyant lifestyle and male friends, there have been questions about his sexual preferences. Those rumors used to infuriate him. We're living in such a permissive world that I don't think anybody really much cares what anybody does behind closed doors. Fiction will bring for you and your king. We wish you a homeless Christmas. And a disenfranchised New Year. I have to steady myself as I pass through the threshold into the heat of the greenhouse. I witness the shriveled tomatoes, black and dry on their vines, the metallic aromats of rot entering my nostrils. I look upon the courgettes, limp and pathetic in their dry soil. The remains of the tubers, potatoes and squash, wrinkled and parched for water. They squish underfoot as I walk past the herbs, all dead now, curled over like pubic hair in their grow bags. Past the cacti she grew as a joke, dead of course past the tiny sprouts of crests that were the very first thing I allowed to die. I walk on, past the rhododendra and the peonies whose soil is so cracked and dry I imagine an Ethiopian struggling to hoe that dead concrete earth. I see the abandoned spider's nest, thick with dead black blue bottles. I kick a pail of expired seeds across the floor and feel them crush under my foot as I walk on. I spy the wrinkled mushrooms, the ornamental cabbages and the sweet peas, all dry death and dust. They never had a chance. And then I walk on to the sea. Its turgid base 
protrudes upwards through the soil, coursing with water and life. Its thick yellow-green leaves pump heady scent into the humid greenhouse. For in this place of death, it is the celery alone I have chosen to live. Hot-blooded celery. Hated you. From this milkless tit, you sucked the very business we call show. It was a mercy killing. He had a certain naive charm, but no muscle. But I hope now you spend it on getting some lessons in grace and decorum, because you have all the grace of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. station stop is twat the next station stop is pissed bed sheets the next station stop is mingford on sea yo i spends me time in the ashes and smoke in this all wide world there's no happier bloke bye squidward bye mr krabs Bye, Squidward. You said bye, Squidward, twice. I like Squidward. She is teeth and hair and sharp corners. An insect. A prickly red-black grasshopper. Blood-clot veins and pointed limbs. 
My mind tells me she has a small white face. She lives in the bottom, down below the stomach. When she's cross, she'll swing, gallbladder to rectum, a rancid, dark fairy ball, sending shooting pains up my spine, stopping to play in puddles of bile, violently hopscotching down the last path to the large intestine in piercingly high heels. She has nails like stalagmites. She is in my lungs sometimes. She is filling me with fumes. Occasionally, she uses her stalagmites to climb to my throat and speak with my voice. Under the light of my uvula, she shines, poses, vogue-like and millennial. Out from the wet tap dance pumps, pause, long, hot, whiny squeak songs of hatred. She will let me care only for her. Perhaps that's why I have given her a small white face. Her name is Gluten. a.m. November 1st. I've found the Liverpool Echo to be an invaluable tool in creating my index of criminality. The misshapen heads and gurning faces are posted daily within its pages, and I faithfully cut and paste them into a large album. My eyes kept well peeled for signs of miscreancy on the cobbles. I must remain watchful, vigilant, and well-fed at all times. The buffoonish tumblings of Gemma Collins on Strictly shall not distract me from my life's purpose. No, ma'am. 9.45am I awoke from my mid-morning slumber to the sound of some degenerate ogre attempting to pry open my sash window, presumably seeking to get a greasy claw upon my die-cast menagerie of animals, valued by David Dickinson to have a potential value of 40 to 100 pounds. I rose swiftly, cat-like, instinctively emptying my commode on the invaders from my bedroom window, just as my medieval ancestors did with boiling tar many centuries prior. I then poured caustic soda that I keep bedside for just such an occasion onto the soiled would-be thieves and promptly summoned the authorities. Aha! In the end, I confess, it turned out to be a limp-wristed representative of something called homotopia, struggling to put a leaflet through my letterbox, long since nailed shut to prevent unwanted watchtower magazines. 
The young man protested his alleged innocence through bloody tears as the sirens blared around the corner. A likely story. The neighbour but once kitten burnt its paws on the mess and sadly had to be destroyed. But nonetheless, I consider this innocent's life a worthwhile sacrifice in the name of justice. Till next week, my friends. Stay safe, stay strong and stay sane. Your faithful servant, Dawn. And thank you very much to Dawn, who asked us to wish her favourite royal, Prince Andrew, a very happy birthday. And now for some of our listener calls. Welcome to the O2 voicemail messaging service. The person you are calling couldn't give a fuck. Coming! Did you know, Cardi B's real name is Cardigan Bay. I want to watch Angels in America with you, boy, and drink Pinot Grigio in the hot tub. Yes, I need glasses and I'm not ashamed. I have a sexy young man who loves to fuck me and I'm fabulous. Well, personally, I think Eva Longori is a lovely name for a tapeworm. Don't. Anyway, I said to her, you're not going to win the Prada Britain Awards giving the baby a bucket of tea and a pasty and she turned round and said, I don't care. At the end of the day, I am who I am. And I said, but love, a failed nursery nurse with scraped back hair, a slack vagina and a pancake heart. Don't. I'm horrible me. And here to play us out, it's a feline throwback to the Cold War with Atomic Kitten. Scally Mo-